This is a space for my mompreneurs. Remember the first time you thought, oh, I'll just do this little thing. Or I enjoy making this and maybe I could sell it. And then you sold it. And now here you are. You are an entrepreneur, but also you are a mother. That in itself can be very demanding. I am Dr. Denis. I am the mom empowerment coach, family doctor, international speaker, the best-selling author of the book, Every Mom is a Supermom, and your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. Today, we're talking about well-being for mothers in business. I remember when I was growing up, I was brought up in such a conservative um, household where predominantly our track was to start and be attentive at school, come out with a degree after school, and then go ahead into the workforce. So as far back as I can remember, most of my relatives were professionals. They had gone to university and some had stayed in university and were in the educational system. And I didn't really know much about business. Now, I also, in my career, decided after high school, I was going to go to university to study medicine. Now, that decision to study medicine doesn't prepare you to be a business person. It doesn't prepare you to handle the um, differences um, in that the entrepreneur would be exposed to. So predominantly, I, I was very uneducated about business. But fast forward, I went into family medicine. Now, in family medicine, there is a little bit of a skew in the framework of it. Now, there is a business element, but nobody teaches you that. You have to kind of learn on the job and you need to perhaps start to met having a mentor that is a partner in the um, family doctor's um, establishment. Now, the route I decided to take was different. And it was such that I just wanted to do my clinical work and get that done. So, of course, I did not have any exposure to business. So I was as green as green can be. Now, of course, at that point in time, I was also having my own beautiful children, but I didn't know how to handle business. But one thing I knew was that it was a different ballgame. So, of course, when I started business, I started business as someone who did not know what was going on. So first thing I did was to invest Invest in books to learn more about this new enterprise. Invest in myself to prepare my own mindset, to educate myself, to get the tools that I needed. But one thing I think many mothers come across, especially if you don't know something, is that while you are trying to invest in yourself and acquire tools, strategies, and things like that, that would be helpful to you, you might actually encounter experiences or people who would say, here, here's some snake oil. I want you to get it. It's what you need. And you go get the snake oil. And unfortunately, it's something that you really don't need, something that is not working for you, or even something that is harmful to you. So I've had a lot of moms tell me, oh, I have had bad experiences 
trying to gain competencies in this field. And as a result of the experiences they had, they gave up. Now, one thing I have learned so far in my entrepreneurial journey, which I'm still learning anyway, is you give up at your own risk. You give up at the risk of your business collapsing. Your business is not over until you give up. So there is an element of perseverance. There is an element of tenacity you need to bring in to your business. Now, I'm talking about mothers in business, and I'm going to shed some light on the very unique thing that mothers have. I call it our superpowers as mothers, even as women, to tap into this resourcefulness. This is not talking about resources. It's talking about our resourcefulness, and it all comes from within us. We are naturally born or created to be nurturing or to be able to adapt to situations. And that is the reason why when you are young, you perhaps don't have any responsibilities as you get older, you start to have other responsibilities, maybe your siblings, a younger cousin, somebody, and they start to give you tasks to do because you are the um, lady in the house, maybe the oldest girl, then the oldest um, person in the midst, and they expect a, a bit more from you than they will expect from everybody else. And then you become a mother. At that point, of course, everything changes. You're expected to know what to do. And when you don't do the right thing or what people think is the right thing, you are criticized, you are looked down upon, perhaps you are even condemned <laughs> to a large extent. But what happens here is you learn to adapt. You learn to change. For example, your child is crying. Children, especially the newborns, they start to cry. You don't know why they're crying. You're like, oh, is it the nappy that is dirty? Or is it that the baby's hungry? Or perhaps they've got wind that is trapped in there. So you try all sorts. We start to learn as we try and we retry what works and what doesn't. After a few weeks, sometimes it takes a few months for some mothers, they get to know that this cry is a cry of mommy, I'm tired. And another cry is a cry of mommy, I, my nappy is dirty. And another one is that of mommy, I am hungry. Now, I'm going to take that and say, in business, business, your business is like your child. It's maybe a creative idea you had. It's a desire. It's a goal. It's an outcome that you are looking to grow. Your aim is not to start a business and to stay stuck in that business. Your aim is to start a business and to grow that business. So when you are starting a business, imagine as a mother, it's your creation. Your ability to grow that business is dependent on your ability to stay committed to it. I'm going to say that again. Your ability to grow your business is connected to your ability to stay committed to it. So yes, you might do something and you fail. You might try several times and you fail, but your ability to grow your business, 
to your ability to make profit is dependent on your ability to stay focused and to continue and to persevere in the midst of any form of distraction or any form of disappointment. And so, mothers in business, you might be at a startup's phase or you might be at a later phase. Perhaps you've grown your business, you have several businesses, you're thriving, you're probably looking to either take your company public or sell the business and start another one. Wherever you are, the most important thing is that while you're growing that business, your well-being is not suffering. And you know I'm all about well-being. I'm all about ensuring that we are not sacrificing our health for something else. Ensuring that we are not sacrificing our well-being for something that would make us less than who we are. It is said, health is wealth. Health cannot be bought for money. Wealth, yes, you can work and get your money. You can invest and get money. You can be very wealthy, but if you do not have health, that is a big problem. So we need to make sure that as we are trying to grow our wealth, our health is not suffering. So what do we do? One very important thing is when you're in business, you know that you don't have this nine to five mentality. You don't go, oh yeah, shop's closed and you close up. You don't also have the um, position whereby you're looking at nothing, something happens, it disappoints you and you give up. You need to keep trying. So because you know that as a mother, because you know that as a businesswoman, what you can do is when you notice a change, when you notice um, an evolution in what you have in store for yourself, perhaps you say, oh, I'd like to do this um, service business. And by virtue of offering that service, you want to change lives. How is it impacting your own life? Most of the time, when people start businesses, there is a reason why. The reason why could be a personal reason. Maybe you've experienced something in the past or someone you love, someone you care about, someone you know, or even someone you don't know has been through something and you want to make sure that this doesn't happen again. You want to make sure that you are making a difference with your actions, with your knowledge, with your skills. That is very honorable. However, as honorable as it is, you need to also recognize that as you're taking that action, you're refilling your cup. How do you do that? Ensuring the pillars. I'm going to talk about these main pillars because it's so important. You have a business that's perhaps open 24-7. But you need to recognize that you cannot function 24-7. So because of that, you need to prioritize your rest time. Now, the reason why I talk about it as rest time is not just your sleep. It's also the times you take breaks, the times you step back, lay your head down, or step back, do something different from the business, the work, the grind. That is so important 
And many people forget about it. Many people don't recognize that this gift is something that makes a difference. I remember when I was in medical school, we had this uh, bad habits. I would call it a bad habit, but we had this habit of going to read overnight. So, of course, school started at about eight o'clock in the morning and we'll go to school. We'll have all our lectures. We'll have practical sessions in the afternoon. And at the end of the day, we had dissection. So that was anatomy. We'll go to the, the dissecting um, lab and then we'll do dissection. Now, on my own table, I was the chief dissector of the table so at the end of it i knew i needed to have a bath and i knew i needed to make sure that okay i had gotten the the formalin formaldehyde off my hands of course i i wore gloves but the smell was still very strong and so when we finished that session what we did was we went to eat and then we'll come back after about a couple of hours and read up till the following morning, that wasn't very healthy. But we just thought, oh my goodness, it's the grind and it's the grind. We need to keep going. If not, we're not going to pass, <laughs> pass the exams in medical school. And we're, of course, not going to be doctors. So, of course, that is a very terrifying thing for any student that when you get in, don't get out. So, of course, we started reading. So, one day, one of my colleagues and had gone to read with us. Now, I decided at 11 p.m., after nodding off a few times, I said, look, this is self-deception. I cannot read because I'm tired and I cannot sleep because I'm not comfortable. I'd rather go to my bed and know that I'm sleeping because tomorrow is the exam. And while I know I have a lot to cover, I really can't read anything more. So, of course, at that point in time, some of my friends um, escorted me back to my um, place of abode. Because, of course, when you're walking, especially in the night, the, the guys always try to make sure that we were all safe. So they would escort us back when we we're leaving. And, of course, some of my colleagues left with me as well. Unfortunately, a couple of my colleagues stayed behind. And as they stayed behind, they probably read through the night. So the following morning, I had woken up, got ready, got to school, and it was the exam day. So, of course, at that point, we went into the exam hall. And while we were in there, we didn't know what was happening until the end. At the end of the exam, we found out that one of our colleagues had fallen asleep during the session and could not really do anything other than write his name. That was something really, really difficult. It was hard to see, hard to hear that you had read all night and there you are in the exam, it's time to perform and you can't perform. That is exactly what happens to us as mothers in business. When you don't sleep and you're working 24-7, you're just keeping your eye on the grindstone. You're not taking a time to rest or to even sleep. It gets to a point when it's time to perform and you can't perform because your body needs rest. Your mind needs rest. And so whatever it is, whether it's um, a job that or a business that requires you to be there all the time, you still need to find that time 
to step back, take a rest, take a break, and that would help you. That is part of the pillars of the well-being for mothers in business. Sleep, rest is such an important pillar. It's said, of course, that when you are resting or when you're sleeping, you're aiming for six to eight hours. It varies from person to person. For a long time, I survived on four hours sleep. But of course, when I became a medical doctor and completed my house job, which is the first year, the internship year, I kind of increased that from four hours to six hours. And then, of course, it became a bit more um, on the average of seven to eight hours. But one very important thing for you to note is that when you wake up, you should feel rested. I do have a routine that I describe when it comes to resting and sleeping, because there are certain things you can do to improve your sleep at night or to improve your sleep um, in your business. Now, of course, I know that there are many people who work on a global scale. So perhaps your clients are in a different time zone and you might need to stay up. That's it applies to me as well. My clients, most of my clients are in different time zone. And sometimes I need to make adjustments in my sleep. In that kind of scenario, you need to look at what is it that's working for me at this point? What is it that I can shift in my own daytime that would help me so that if I am taking two hours of my nap or my sleep time for this meeting or for this important event, then I know I need to take it from somewhere else. I need to replace or replenish from another time. So that ability to balance the amount of time you have to sleep or to rest is so key. Now, this is something I kind of picked up from my days of being on call. I remember, of course, when you're on call, you are working all the time. You're on the rotor. And you're called every time you, when you're on call, you are the emergency person. Now, I had a practice that when I was on call, I did not sleep. I found it difficult to sleep anyway when I was on call because I, I did not like my sleep being interrupted. So because of that, when I was on call for four nights, I will not sleep. But I had a way of taking that during the day. And by virtue of knowing how to take those hours during the day and utilize those wakeful hours, it really helped me. One important thing that people tend to forget is that in the daytime, when it is bright, it is hard to sleep. Why? Because in the nighttime, you have darkness. You don't have exposure to blue lights. And because you don't have that exposure to blue light, your circadian rhythm, which is the normal rhythm of your body, allows the production of a chemical called melatonin which helps you with your sleep. But unfortunately, when the day has broken and the sun is shining, for the person who has been doing shift work, who has been working all night, their melatonin starts to decrease because the sun is out. And so they don't feel, they feel tired, but they don't get to sleep well. So in that kind of scenario, what do you do? You can modify your environment. I'm going to tell you a few things you can do about that. So first of all, use blackout curtains. I know it sounds so simple, but these are simple things that we can do as mothers to ensure that this is um, a way to get a restful sleep. 
So use blackout curtains. We, you can put on certain sounds. Now, these sounds can be sounds of nature, water pouring, um, like the sea and the waves, and that kind of soothing sound. Sometimes a soft instrument playing in such a melodic manner is such a very important um, sound that can soothe you to feel that restfulness and be able to sleep. Another very important thing you can use are inhalational. So I'm talking about this from the point of view of senses. You can use things like lavender, lavender oil, your essential oils, or you can have a diffuser actually giving the scent out in your room. Another very important thing is to ensure that your room is not too hot or too cold. Do you need to open the windows and let some fresh air come in? Do you need to turn the heating down? Do you need to adjust your duvet to not be so thick during summer or not to be so light during winter? Those things you can do to ensure that you are feeling comfortable in your own bed. Those are the things you can use to enhance your sleep. Very importantly. Now, the second pillar I need to explore when it comes to one of the things that helps mothers to stay healthy and have optimal well-being while they're in business is your people around you, your own people. Now, your own people are varied. First, importantly, the most important people for mothers, especially, is their children. Because children, of course, they're younger than you. You might have, of course, children that are older, which is fine. But if you've got young children, they are quite vulnerable. They depend on you. They look up to you. So you might feel guilty if you're um, not giving them the time and space. So those are some people in your life, those people that are dependent on you. Okay. So the dependent people on you, your children, maybe an elderly parent that maybe you're caring for. Perhaps that can, those people can fall in that category, okay? Then you have some interdependent people. Those are the people that, are, that you depend on and they depend on you, okay? And those are people like your spouse. They are people like maybe your business partner. And sometimes you can even include some of your colleagues in that category of people. Then the other people are people that you depend on. Maybe you don't even realize you depend on them. People out there that you can depend on. Now, these are a very important group of people because you need to recognize that in your development, in your growth as a human, as a person in business, you can't do it alone. I know many people have said things like, oh, I'm a self-made person or that person is self-made. I don't agree with that statement self-made. Why? Because when you talk about self-made, that person did not plant the crops, harvest the crops, take the crops to the supermarket, sell the crops, buy the crops from himself, and then also um, cook the food and eat the food all the time. He did not cut chop the tree down, make the bed. He did not fluff, get um, cotton from the uh, cotton tree and 
make thread and sew his clothes. So he needed to depend on people. He did not know to make the clothes he's wearing, to build the house he's living in, and to prepare the food that's in front of him. So nobody is self-made. You need the cooperation of people all over. You need the cooperation of people around you, whether they know it or they don't. So remember, the second pillar you have are your people. Your people are the dependents, those people that depend on you, the people, the interdependents, the people that you both know that you depend on each other. Then, of course, the people you depend on. Okay. Now, the reason why I bring these people into the picture is there is a way you relate with each and every one of them that contributes to your well-being as a mother in business. When you are relating with your dependents, you need to bring them into the picture. You know why? When you have your children, maybe an elderly relative you're caring for, those people dependent on you, watching you go to work or you're always on your computer or you're always on your phone and they don't, you are present physically, but you're not present in mind and soul. So you are appearing aloof or detached or always busy. When they do not know what is going on, it causes a strain in your relationship. That in itself can cause you to feel guilty. That in itself can cause you to feel overwhelmed. And of course, sometimes they might be vocal about it and say things like, you don't have time for us. Oh, mommy, you're going again. And you start to feel guilty. I've been there. I totally get it. But you know what you can do? You can bring them into your vision, bring them into that space with you and say, oh, for example, I'll tell you what's happened. My children, they are very active. They love to play. And so do I. I love to play. Um, but as in my different roles, when, of course, when they are at school, that's perhaps when I'm working on my clinical role and my academic role, because I'm, I'm sure for those of you who don't know me, I'm Dr. Duny, and um, I have quite a few roles. One of them is clinical. So, I, yes, I'm, I'm still practicing as a family doctor and I enjoy every moment of it. But then I'm also a teacher and I teach medical students and I enjoy that thoroughly. So in addition to that, I run my business. And some people might say, how do you do that? All that and put it together. It is because I have made that known to my dependents. The people that are depending on me, my children that are around me, I tell them, oh, this is what mommy is doing. This is what mommy is working on. I bring it across to them. I ask them for their advice. I ask them for their understanding, for their help. And guess what? When you ask your children, um, children, what do you think about this thing? They are very quick to be at your service. They are so happy when you ask for help. Try it. When you feel you're stuck, oh, I don't know what to do. Ask your children. They will surprise you because they are very insightful. Sometimes it might seem as if they are maybe going around the bush, but for you to make progress, you need to bring them in, include them, encourage them to know what you're doing. 
If they are not interested, that's not a problem at all. But if they are open to it, let them know. Oh, this is what mommy's working on. What do you think I should do about this? What color should I make this um, font? Oh, what do you, should I put a ribbon around the parcel I'm sending to my clients? Should I put a bow? What do you think? And they will be so thrilled. Are you having a caring, maybe uh, an elderly relative you're caring for? Ask their wisdom. They will sometimes, of course, they might out of concern say certain things. Oh, you, you, you are working too hard. You need to slow down. Yes, the parts of the advice that is great, accept it. The parts that are not going to serve you, respectfully thank them for their opinion. But re remember that you are on your journey. The reason why you're involving them in it is because you want to, them to understand, oh, maybe for the next few days, mommy is going to be very busy. They will understand the day they are going to eat cereal from the box, the day that they're going to have conflicts for dinner, the day that you're not, you are going to have a takeout and order it in home. They will understand when you communicate that to them. Now, your interdependence, that's so important because that, those are people like your spouse, your colleagues, your co-workers, even the people that you, um, that you have maybe a contract with, perhaps your clients as well. Sometimes your clients are your interdependents. You need to communicate with them. Are you going on holiday? Are you unwell? Are you away? Communicate with them. You see, one of the reasons that many things happen and we start to feel overwhelmed, we start to feel like we're not good enough, is because of lack of communication. Lack of adequate communication has caused a breakdown in many homes, in many businesses, in many relationships. And we need to ensure that we are communicating effectively. So when it comes to the interdependent people around you, what are you doing? Are you letting them be aware of what you are doing or how they may support you? Because you're supporting them some way and they're supporting you as well. It's not, it's a symbiotic relationship. Now I love that word symbiosis. It just takes me back to my primary school days where we had uh, the different relationships between creatures. So when you look at that, it's almost like they say where I come from. I scratch your back, you scratch my back. I help you and you help me. That is the interdependent relationship. Sometimes it's a very beautiful, intimate type relationship. And sometimes it can be a little bit of a distant type of relationship. So you do your bit and I'll do my bit, And we um, seal it with the handshake. So that could be some way by which that works. But make sure that as you're doing this, you're doing it from a place of kindness, a place of love. The reason why I bring that in is because when you bring hostility, you bring pain, you bring all that into your um, consciousness. There is a problem and there is a risk whereby you start to vibrate at low emotional energy vibrations. So when you bring love and compassion into it, you bring understanding and gratitude to the person serving you, it helps you vibrate at a higher level that even if they were not particularly as kind or friendly, your vibration is going to shift their vibration so that they are aligning better with you and your well-being is uplifted as well. Okay. Now you have the third people, your people, who are the people that you depend on? 
<laughs> now, I'm sure some people will say, no, I don't depend on anybody. I, I'm self-made. But remember what I said, there's nobody that is self-made. There are some people you depend on. And so there might be people you know or people you don't know. You need to start, to, especially before you need people, that is where you start looking for people. I know that may not make sense. But I'm going to say that again. And you might want to write that down. But if perhaps you're listening to me and you're driving, you can come back and listen to this episode again. Make sure that when you are, before you need people, that's when you start to look for people. You know why? Because everyone has got a role to play in life. There is a beautiful saying where I come from. It says, people are like the clothes you use to cover your nakedness. People are like the clothes you need to, you use to cover your nakedness. When you are surrounded by people, your people, you have some safety, you have community, you have the desire to do more, to be more, and you feel happy in yourself. Now, of course, this does not make you totally dependent on people. So you're constantly craving company. No, they are the clothes. They are like the accessories. They are like the additional things. The moment you yourself have your own self-love, you need to have the self-love, feel sufficient in yourself. However, in addition to feeling sufficient in yourself, you also find yourself being able to share from your own personal experience, from your own inner cultivation of love, the gratitude that you extend to them. And guess what? You would experience such a great thing. One of my mentors who I had the great fortune of meeting and I've been learning a lot from him, David Spiza, I met him on Clubhouse in one of the um, rooms breakfast with champions and since then we've been having these um, regular sessions he's been coaching and mentoring sessions that he's been offering he said something very important he said always make sure that you don't eat alone now he was the first person that ever said that to me when he said that in the room I, I never thought of it as a problem I mean I would rather take my food, eat in my room. But the moment he said that, I started to see a lot of sense in it, especially if you're a mother in business. I know there is a temptation when perhaps you are wanting to do things quickly that you want to eat alone. He also said something further, and I'm going to share this with you. Not just to not eat alone, but when you're eating, don't go and eat and sit down among your peers. Eat with strangers, eat with people that you, that you don't know. And while you're doing that, get to know them. Whew, I love that. So what I did once was I decided to just put that into action. Now, this wasn't an eating thing. It was a travel thing. I was going to an event where I was speaking. And while I was um, going to that event, I decided not to do what I normally would do, which is go to my um, sit on the train, open my laptop, put my papers, my earphones in my ears, and I'm listening to either a book or music, and I'm working away. That day, my laptop was in my bag. I sat down, 
said hello to the person across from me, offered them some of my food I had brought, offered to drink. One, so someone was by my side and someone was directly opposite me and we had a table in front of us. So of course offered and first one person took, one person was fine. And we started chatting and we continued. One of us dropped off, another person came on, we continued the discussion. In that two hours journey, it seemed like 20 minutes, but in that journey, there were so many beautiful things that were shared. The relationship that was built and the people that I felt the need to empower, it was so beautiful. And when I said that, when I experienced that situation, at the moment I got to my destination, we, um, because I was speaking at that event, there was a meeting and a gathering together of all the speakers and the delegates, the VIP delegates of the events. And when I was there, I said, my goodness, something interesting happened today. I decided to carry out an experiment, which of course was a suggestion from one of my mentors, David Spiza. And this is what I found. And people said, wow, I've never tried that before. Some people had tried it and were telling their own stories, but that is so important. Your other people, those people that you feel you're, that you, you may be dependent on, they are people you perhaps don't even know. All you just need to do is to reach out. All you just need to do is to be open. Don't close yourself in with your food. Don't close yourself in with the technology around you. There will be time to get to that. But sometimes, especially in business, you need to build relationships with people because you never, ever know who is sitting across from you, behind you, beside you. What a smile would do for them, a smile from you to a stranger is going to do. So make sure that as you are doing this, um, going through this journey in business as a mother, you are ensuring your well-being. So, so far, we have talked about two main pillars. One is rest and sleep, and that's for overall well-being. And the second one is your people. That's another important pillar. Now, there are quite several pillars I'd like to explore, but of course you know that I do not like to overwhelm you. I hope you're enjoying this. I would like you to share this out, okay? Share this with other people. Make sure that you are learning and as you're learning, you're sharing because some people need to hear this message. Some people need to know this. And it's only when you share that you would know that this is something that other people would like to utilize. There might be one thing that they hear from here that might help them to shift their well-being from being overwhelmed, feeling guilty, getting burned out to feeling energized and energetic. So I am Dr. Duni. I am the mom empowerment coach, family doctor. I'm an international speaker, best-selling author of the book, Every Mom is a Supermom, and your host in the Wellbeing for Mothers show. It has been an absolute pleasure sharing these thoughts with you and also looking at this particular aspect of our well-being as mothers in business. Take a look at these pillars. See how it transforms your life. I would like to hear your thoughts. So please leave a review. Send me a message. Connect with me on social media. And um, 
What I'll do as well is I'll do a whole session on sleep. I know we have been saying we'll do one one of these days. So yes, we'll do a whole session on sleep one time, sometime soon. I, I will go into more detail. But of course, if you would like to get the details of what I said, we'll just put a few bits in the show notes and you'll be able to get access to that as well. Okay, so go ahead, share this with others, subscribe, let yourself be notified anytime there's a new episode. And until next time, I ask that you stay well. Mm-hmm.